Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hello. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah. We are uh, 2023. We are uh, entering a new year for the Over and Back Podcast. Year nine, I believe. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. We're right. sure planning that 10th party. That's a big That's a big party. That's a big round yeah. number we got to celebrate yeah. for. Right. Yeah, we're getting there. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we're we don't always go along with newsworthy events, you know, because obviously we're a history podcast. We talk about history. Sometimes we tie them into uh, what's going on. But yes, we we have uh, I, I won't call it breaking news, but the San Antonio Spurs this week, in fact, Friday, January 13th, 2023, I was about to say 2003, which is a long time ago, 20 years ago, in fact, 2023 are going to be playing in their old home, the Alamo Dome, for one last time, trying to break the NBA's all-time regular season attendance record. I love it. Glorious yes. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the San Antonio Spurs, it's their 50th anniversary uh, season, which unfortunately right. it's like the worst season they've probably ever had, which uh, it's right. not great. You know, they've, they've been a, a, a charter franchise, a, a model franchise we've talked about on this show for forever. Of, like people don't realize how yeah. long that team has been good for, like and really, really sure. good. Like since David Robinson, pretty much up until a couple years ago, they were like great. They were like really, really, really great. Uh, and even before that, they were like solid as hell. They really haven't had a prolonged streak of, of being bad. Uh, it does suck that this is the year but that's all right it's for one night it's not gonna matter because that's called back home in the dome first time since 2002 yeah. uh they're gonna host the defending champion golden state warriors unfortunately without steph curry so yeah a lot of the plans uh maybe not working out quite as well as as the spurs wanted but yeah it's friday january 13th uh they are trying to break the nba's all-time attendance record for a regular season game uh by filling the alamo dome uh here so we'll see they they They've configured it to utilize the entire stadium, so not one of those weird. And we're going to talk about those. Where this whole episode is right. going to be about giant 
stadiums hosting basketball games. Uh, they're not doing the Detroit Pistons blue tarp. We're not doing it. No, they are going to configure for the entire stadium, and they are looking to the hold whole damn thing. the whole yeah. freaking thing. And they're trying to hit uh, right. hit sixty five thousand fans uh, in attendance this Friday. I have not checked. Uh, what ticket sales look like. Uh, I, I'm hoping to just watch the game and see what it looks like. I hope they're getting there. I know uh, they're doing uh, what, an, well, actually in the Elmo Dome uh, for our wrestling yep. fan friends. <laughs> we'll know. Um, yeah. WWF in the midst of a, a pretty bad business year in 1997, uh, try to get as many people into the Alamo Dome for uh, Royal Rumble 1997. And essentially tickets could be had for like, you just had to ask somebody and they're like, here, here's 27 right. tickets to the Royal Rumble sure. to all your friends, yeah. have them come get free tickets. Like they just wanted to sell anything, you know, get, and, and that's kind of what the Spurs have done too. I think the tickets are, are extremely affordable uh, to get in here because they just want to have this thing. They want it to be a thing and I hope they do it. I hope they achieve sure. it. Uh, yeah. and I guess we'll see on Friday. Uh, it could be all for not like 20,000 people yeah. show up and it's just sad. Ro- road, to, yeah. road trip to San, yeah, road trip to San Antonio. Um, eh, I bet it's San Antonio. I didn't love it, uh, but sure. Okay. Right, um, fair enough. I heard I mean, if it's with you, one. I'll go. You know what? If it's okay, if right, it's with you, enough. it's technically a business expense at that point uh, sure, for absolutely. for over and back. So uh, we yeah. can write it off I'm, on our taxes. You know, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm sure HR will support that. You know, <laughs> right, we'll have to run HR it up the ladder of yeah. over right. back HQ yeah. and, and see what uh, what right. they have to say. Yeah, it's we're like our fifth, our fourth CEO in like two years, so it's a little bit. It's if you even ask at this point, I'm yeah. not even sure who we ask at this point. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't even know where to anyway. drop, drop my expense reports off to these days. It's it's, it's wild here, right? HQ, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've had, yeah, a lot of a lot of reshuffling. In the, hey, but anyway, the key card still works, so that's all that matters. But uh, yeah, yes. yeah, that's, all, that's all that matters. Better than Twitter, so uh, yeah. Yeah, but we're going to so, do yes. uh, a fun little show here. We're going to talk about some of the best well, and some of the worst attended games in NBA history. Some oddities, some some weird games, some games that you would not believe are the most attended games in NBA history. Some that you might remember being the most attended games in NBA history. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to talk about some guys in some games. Yep, we are going to do, do that. We yeah. are going to do that. Yeah, right. that's, so let's get this one out of the way first. Now, this right, I'm right. calling yeah. an honorable mention, and the Spurs right. have had to kind of say it as well because they're saying we're all striving right. to break the NBA's all-time attendance record for a regular season game here in the Alamo Dome because the 2010 NBA All-Star game kind of throws things off because they had 108,713 people for the All-Star game. Uh, that is going to yeah. be hard to top for anybody. Um, I guess if the Dallas Mavericks get really, really good uh, and they're hosting you know, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, they can move things to the Jerry Dome and, and, and see what happens. But probably not. They're probably not going to do that. So uh, here's where you would insert the everything is bigger in Texas line if you were a hack comedian or, sure. or whatever or uh, sure. a newscaster no. or whatever. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to yeah. say no. insert that line there, you know. Instead, right. instead of actually earnestly making the joke, but You're um, gonna ironically comment on it, you know, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly, right, right, right. point it out, yeah, but not, You're you a know. creative podcaster, yes. yeah, exactly, so, exactly. So, yeah, uh, this seven. is the first all star game in Dallas since 1986. They wanted to do it big, right. uh, and host the uh, finale in uh, Jerry World, the affectionately known uh, 18. I think it's, I has it changed? I forget if it's changed names or it's just Cowboys For- Stadium or or. Yeah, what is it? I, I guess uh, the AT and T stadium. You were asking the wrong person. About, yeah, I want to say it's AT. Okay, so I, I believe I'll, it's AT and T stadium. I believe it is AT and T stadium. Uh, you can right. confirm if I'm wrong or not. I believe I'm almost positive it's AT and T stadium. But um, okay. announce attendance for that. As we said, uh, one hundred eight thousand seven hundred thirteen. The all-time attendance record for the NBA uh, and the sport of basketball. So the previous verified record for attendance at a basketball game uh, before that was December thirteenth, two thousand three. 
but it's college basketball, and who cares about college right. basketball? Yeah, get out of here. On. Kentucky, yeah. Michigan State, Ford Field, yeah. Detroit. Get yeah. that out of here. Who cares? Go. Yeah, who cares? Right. Uh, the who Harlem cares? Globetrotters. And I don't, know, I, I don't know if their attendances are as far as close their games are, but they claim that they had 75,000 people at one of their exhibitions in West Germany in 1951. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, and sure. then there's a European Cup Winners Cup uh, matchup between Athens and Prague uh, in in Athens in 1968. That's believed to have an attendance of 120,000 uh, uh, people in attendance, but that has never been verified, so we don't know for sure. Now, the previous record for an NBA All Star game was 44,735, uh, and that was set at the Houston Astrodome for the 1989 All Star game. Now, that one, right. that uh, All Star game there, and again, this is per Wikipedia. Not me sure. or Jason, who are both pro wrestling fans uh, and know yeah. our pro wrestling history, but Wikipedia says, quote, of that 1989 All-Star game, again, not Jason, not me, quote, this event also broke the record for the single largest uh, attendance for an indoor event previously held by WrestleMania 3 in uh, 1987. Sorry, that was the 2010 All-Star game that beat the WrestleMania 3 uh, uh, largest sure. attendance for an indoor event, so... 93,000, yeah. 71,000, 73. We're not doing that show here that we've, you've probably done that show before. <laughs> I know I have. So we're not going to do yeah. that one here, though. So, no, no, that's all right. And everyone who's not a wrestling fan is like, what the hell are you talking you, about? What are you guys you're talking about? Why knowing. do you care so much about WrestleMania 3? Why, why does you're this matter? You're better off not knowing. Yeah, yeah just it's, don't, it's, don't worry about better it. better off not knowing. Don't yeah, worry about it. Right. Um, so anyway, nonetheless, the 2010 All-Star Game, MVP was Dwayne Wade. He scored 28 points, dished out 11 assists, got six rebounds and five steals, helped the East defeat the West 141 to 139. And now, Jason, and I don't know if you've looked this up, and I hope you have not. I, I want you, okay, I want you me, me, to fit okay. you, Jason, I, and, yeah. and play along at home. Feel free to play along I'm at home as well. Okay. Right. Uh, the head coaches for the 2010 NBA All-Star Game, the one that set the all-time record uh, for indoor attendance for an NBA game. I want you to uh, try to guess who the both the East and the West head coaches were in the 2010 NBA All-Star Game. Okay, so this would be the 2010 season. This was LeBron's last season in Cleveland. Now, Cleveland was not quite as good in 2010 as they were in the 2009 regular season. Um, they won like 60 plus games, 65 or something like that game. So I'm guessing that, um, Mike Brown was the 2009 all-star coach. I'm guessing it probably wasn't doc rivers. I don't think Boston was quite as good in the regular season. I am going to go with Stan Van Gundy as the East. Oh, very good. Jason. Yes. Stan Van Gundy, your East representative helping your Orlando magic. Uh, tremendous record with heralded by uh, MVP candidate, uh, Dwight Howard, uh, good friend sure. of Stan Van Gundy, of course, a great coach player sure. relationship sure. at that time, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then your West, uh, uh, West. Our coach. All right. So it was I'm Phil Jackson the prior year, in case you're wondering. But Phil he, Jackson uh, the prior year. Okay. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Yeah. So 2010. Okay. So who was strong that season? I feel like the Spurs. Was that the year the Spurs had a really good regular season record, but got upset by um, Memphis? Or that was that was the that was the um, lockout year, correct? Yes. I'm trying to remember. Yes. Okay, that was the lockout year. Okay, so that wouldn't have been this year. Um, okay, probably not Portland. Um, probably not Dallas. So probably not um, Rick Carlisle. Probably not Terry Stotts. Um, 
Oh, would it have been um, the Thunder coach, Scott Brooks? Very close. It was our okay. good friend, Furious George, George Carl. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. With, uh, with, he's with Denver. That Denver. Point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And they were good. No, nine. You know, they made, they made the conference finals that year against it. So 2010, they would have they'd still been a good regular season team. I forget what they did in the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so. I actually forgot about that too. Cause I was like, yeah, I remember that the year prior, they got all the way to the Western conference finals and everything was kind of right. good. Uh, they lost to the jazz in the first round that year. So uh, okay. yeah, things did not go uh, swimmingly. And I don't, no. I don't, I think Carmelo was, I don't know if he was done that year or the no, he was done that year. I think I think that was his his the next the year after 2010, 2011 is when uh, he was moved to uh, to, okay, to New York. Right. So one more year gotcha, of, of, gotcha, of George gotcha. Carl and uh, <laughs> and okay. Carmelo Anthony uh, back together. But congratulations, yeah. uh, you did pretty good. Um, you got close. The Stanman was a good one. Stanman was a good one. The, the George right. Carl that was okay. a tough one. That was really the one I thought I was going to trip people up because it's like you don't really remember yeah. that Nuggets team being as good of a regular season team as they were, uh, maybe, but they were. And they're there. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to some of these other uh, big time attendances in NBA history. We'll start with uh, we're going to kind of put these together because there are, 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 are ones that it wouldn't make sense to go over these without kind of having them in, 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 in a group or whatever. So what we're going to start our first section sure. with is the Detroit Pistons in the Pontiac Silverdome. Speaking of WrestleMania 3, Jason, we can't we keep trying to get away from yeah. WrestleMania 3, but we keep coming back to uh, to Adrian Adonis and Roddy Piper and uh, <laughs> Billy Jack Hayes. Sure. I forget who he faced, but it got bloody. Hercules Hernandez, of course. Yeah, Hercules Hernandez, of course. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. Yeah, my car no, I mean, come on. I don't know how. I, no, Jesus. no, that honestly does anger me that I forgot who that was. So I, I uh, yeah. I'm going to think I, about that all night I'm a little now. bit sad. The, the battle of the full Nelson? I mean, come on. <laughs> right. I, you're right. That's, I don't know. I, I screwed that yeah. up. Yeah. The classic duel of the most exciting hold in professional wrestling. Full <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously. But uh, we're going to venture over to Pontiac, yeah. Michigan. Lovely Pontiac, Michigan. And, uh, Lovely this, Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, DET3 Amazon Fulfillment Center. Uh, AKA the I land that once housed that. the majestic no. Pontiac Silverdome. Yes. <laughs> I, I do not recognize the, the validity of that. I'm D-E-T-3 sorry. DET3 uh, Amazon yeah. Fulfillment Center. Come on. So you, you, you may or may not be aware. You, you know, of course that I'm from Ohio, but you may not be aware that I was born in Toledo and until nine, I lived in Toledo, which is of course just a, you know, hop, skip and a jump from Detroit and, and Pontiac. So, um, I did not attend WrestleMania three. I would have been eight at the time, but my uncle who's like six years older than me and his friends got to go to, um, the WrestleMania three, which, you know, made me insanely jealous even, you know, to this day. But, uh, well, maybe not insanely, but, you know, still, you know, there's, there's a few feelings about that there. Anyway, so, yes, so I, I was uh, I was just around the corner from uh, this game as well. You know, March 30th, 1988, uh, you've got the Detroit Pistons battling my Atlanta Hawks. You can say my Atlanta Hawks. Yes, um, yes. Actually, be truthful, yeah. So, yeah, but I did not know the, the Silverdome opened in 1975. It featured a fiberglass fabric root held up. Held up by air pressure, the very first stadium to use this technique. That uh, that's quite stunning. It, uh, uh, yeah, and it seems like I mean, I guess it was 1975, so they probably didn't have any other great ideas for it. It just seems weird. It's like eh, I don't know if that's going to work out, and it didn't. Uh, well, it worked out for a while, yeah. and then when it got abandoned, yeah. uh, that became kind of the famous image was the roof not holding up from any more air pressure right. because it got abandoned and then exploding. And then it, it, it was a like, Hey, look at what this, you know, look is what, what has become of this great stadium. And now here it is with yeah. all this roof, just blown up and, and just this whole exposed stadium. So yeah, a lot uh, of stuff. Um, sure. 
Uh, and, and now they've got an Amazon Fulfillment Center. Now it's DET3 so Amazon Fulfillment Center. Great. Yes. DET3. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, the Pistons, um, as you know, you know, started in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. They moved to Detroit in 1962, began to play at Olympia Stadium, long since gone downtown Detroit building, many long since gone downtown Detroit buildings. 1962, they moved to the Cobo Arena, where they are until the late 70s. Um, and then the Red Wings moved to the new Joe Lewis Arena, which is next door to the Cobo. The Pistons like are like, hey, you know what? I don't want to play in a damn hockey arena. So instead of going to too cold. the Joe Lewis Way Arena, too cold. yeah, they're going to instead play in the Pontiac Silverdome, which is where the Lions were playing. So they're, you know, they, and Pontiac's like you know, 20 minutes from downtown, 25 minutes from downtown Detroit. So they're you know, one of the first teams to venture outside of um uh, downtown area they would even further um do this in a little while longer but um yes the silverdome had a ca- capacity of just over eighty thousand when configured for football uh the initial days of the pistons are like yeah let's uh we'll, we'll put up <laughs> a, uh, i don't know if eighty thousand uh, people are going to come watch our pistons yeah, maybe not <laughs> yeah especually in the early uh, <laughs> oh no, yeah that pistons is still not good yeah all right uh you know isaiah thomas is popular but not quite that one so yeah they gave it a basketball capacity of 22,366 which is still a lot for a basketball arena at that point uh they made use of a 402 by 75 foot dividing curtain to section off a portion of the stadium for the quote-unquote basketball arena uh but yeah hey they actually got to be a really uh great franchise uh, particularly in the late 80s of course isaiah thomas chuck daly joe dumars bill lambeer Dennis Rodman, all those guys. Adrian Dantley, who could forget Adrian Dantley. Vinny Johnson. Vinny um, Johnson, yes, of course, the microwave, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so they decided, okay, maybe we can get more than 22,000 here, at least sometimes. So they would section less and less of the stadium off, and then the Pistons were able to have the fifth, third, and second most attended games in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you talked about the number five uh, a little bit sure. earlier here. Yeah. Uh, March 30th, 1988, uh, Detroit Pistons, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, attendance, 47,692 for that. Uh, number three highest tennis game ever is actually a little bit more interesting here. Detroit Pistons versus yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers, February 14th, 1987, 52,745. This was the final appearance of Julius Irving in Detroit. And as far as I could tell, that was what some of the advertising was about. Is like, hey, you want to see oh, Julius yeah. Irving one more time? Come to the Silverdome. Come watch, come watch. You know, obviously the Pistons are doing good. Julius Irving's, you know, winding down his career. You're probably going to want to come and see this. And yes, 52,000 people said, I do. I do want to see this. Almost 52,000 people said, let's do this. Uh, Pistons won 125 to 107. Adrian Dantley scored 35 points, probably passed the ball there twice uh, that entire game, I'm sure. But, uh, well, maybe, I don't know. I'd have sure he passed yeah. it a few more times. Maybe. Uh- Maybe a few times, yeah. They counted a steal as an assist, or he got the ball stolen from, and it rolled over to another player, and they're like, yeah, got that, sure. got that, yeah. Let's see Adrian Dantley you know, assist. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, Julius Irving lost that game, he is never allowed to be in Detroit ever again. It was a loser least town match. So. <laughs> That's any yeah. He's never come back. Yeah, he has, he has not been uh, during. I, I I don't want to belabor uh, the Hawks Pistons um, game, but I, I will. I would like to mention that. Uh, uh, even though the Hawks won this game, one hundred three to one hundred two, uh, Dominique Wilkins had only ten points on four of uh, fifteen uh, shootings. So maybe just a huge arena, not good for him. Now the sight lines, yeah, sight lines were weird. I've always yeah. wondered what it would be like, and I've never attended a game uh, in a big stadium like this. But I've I've been to right. like big stadiums before, and they're just they're so cavernous and so big, yeah. and and and. That's- uh, it's just like seeing, especially in a, in a watching a basketball game in one of those, and 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 especially like. 
maybe this one less so because you got, you know, almost 50,000 people there. So it might feel a little bit better. But those games when there's like 10,000 people in a weird sectioned off basketball arena in a giant stadium, that always felt very like it would be really, really weird to, to, to go to. But I don't know. It, it, I would have loved to have gone to one. But um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, the stadiums of yesteryear are, are, are gone. And, and I don't know. Maybe we'll get some right. some oddity ones. Hey, we got to go to the Elmo Dome. That's, you know, you're yeah, right. that's yeah, <laughs> I have an opportunity gotta, to do that this we week. I just need to do it. It's paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. man. My, yeah, um, I'm interested in about it. I have an option to do it this Friday. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the second highest attendance game ever, Detroit Pistons yeah. versus Boston Celtics, January 29th, 1988. That is a big yeah. time matchup. Sure. Both, I mean, look at you were talking 1988 Pistons Celtics. They get 61,983 people to go there. Uh, crowd, uh, this was was pointed out in a, a LA Times article. The crowd, which was larger than several crowds this season for the Detroit Lions home games, was almost 10,000 more than the previous high uh, last February when Julius Irving made his last appearance with the Philadelphia 76ers. Da, da, da. Uh, the crowd stretched from one football end zone almost to the other in the upper deck. I mean, we are talking a mega, mega attendance there 61,000. 983 and this is an important game too because you know so the Pistons did win the game 125 108 they would move to 24 and 13 on the year and get some measure of revenge after the Celtics eliminated them in the Eastern Conference Finals the year prior and they would do it again these two teams would meet again in the Eastern Conference Finals this time the Pistons won moved on to the NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers Uh, they would lose that series in seven games but that would begin a streak of three straight finals appearances for the Pistons, who then would win back-to-back titles in, in 1989 and 1990. But this was a team on the come-up against a team that had been there for a while, the rivals. They had just faced each other in the New Conference Finals. It's the perfect situation to just say, let's let's sell as many of these tickets as we possibly can. Let's see what we can do. Let's go for it. And they did. And that's an incredible attendance number. Uh, but it's only good for second. But still, 61,983, nothing to scoff at whatsoever. Nothing to scoff at, indeed. Yeah, and of course, you know that was the the '87 playoffs. That was the heartbreaking. You know, uh, Isaiah Thomas throws the ball away to Larry Bird, and there's a steal by Bird. And mm-hmm. you know, they the the Pistons could have won that series, and you know, so that was it added a an extra bout of intensity um, to this game. It was actually the second game where the I checked. I was wondering if it was the first game for the Celtics in Detroit, but it was actually the second game for the Celtics in Detroit that season. But still, obviously, a big game and. Um, you know, 61,000 fans, nothing to sneeze at. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, now we'll move to the Timberwolves in the Metrodome. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Timberwolves in the Metrodome. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, basketball returning to Minnesota finally? Rich, I would love to do that. So 1989, finally, basketball returns to Minnesota. The Minneapolis Lakers in 1960, they left. Hey, they were like, hey, well, let's get some sunlight. Let's get some palm trees, some beaches, beautiful women. No George Mikan. Yeah, let's just go, you know, let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get back. Yeah. Let's just and apologies, to the, apologies to the beautiful women in, in, in Minnesota. I mean, they're, I'm sure, but oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's LA. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you're yeah, all cold. I you're mean, in coats and, and, and hats right. and stuff. It's hard to, you know, where's it's LA. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, LA. They don't like, say, I mean, yeah, they don't say, I wish they all could be Minnesota girls. Maybe they should. They maybe should. we need to I rewrite agree. the song. Yeah, maybe change yeah. the song and, and, and redo it there. Yeah. But, uh, maybe. Yeah, well, it's not uh, our we'll opinion. That's that. what the Lakers did. I don't care. And and the Beach Boys. Yeah, the, the Beach Boys and the Lakers are the ones <laughs> right. who decided that. It wasn't right. right. Beach Boys. You know, we're, we're bound by precedent. We're bound by precedent here. You know, right, right. That's what we can do. So yes, so yeah, so it had been a while since the NBA had had been in Minnesota. In fact, almost uh, thirty years. 
But hey, we're back. Yeah, the they're of course were they were the Minnesota Muskies and the Minnesota Pipers. Extremely memorable ABA franchise. <laughs> it didn't quite time. satiate the appetite for uh, professional basketball in Minnesota. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I had not realized this. Uh, there was a name the team comment contest. The finalists were Timberwolves, which of course was chosen, or the Polars. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? It's <laughs> a polarizing like the choice. There's a lot of no. times where like you'll see those like name the team contests, and I'm always like, oh, that sure. name's kind of cool. Like they should have chose that name yeah. instead of like the Hornets or something. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like no, this one I'm like, oh, thank God the Timberwolves won. Like, good God, the Polars, the Polars. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. The Polars? You're not even that close to the pole. You're in Minnesota. Like. When they get in a team in Antarctica, yeah, sure. Like now they can be the bowlers, but um yeah, that's a that's a that's a strange one. Yeah, thank God the Timberwolves won. That's a that's a bad semifinalist there, the Polars. Yes. So anyway, so the new team owned by Marv Wolfenson. Is that real? We're sure we're sure about that. Marv Wolfenson <laughs> okay. was the owner of the, the I Wolf- think that's a working name. Yeah, go, going back to the wrestling thing, there is no I no way that a man and but all and also now that I read that his name is Marv Wolfenstein or Wolfenson, I do we have a Charlotte Bobcats thing going on here? Was he like ah Timberwolves? Oh, yeah. That'll yeah. be nice and strong. Like yeah. nah, let's go with the Polars, Minnesota Polars. Actually, I'm 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 switching I'm switching gears here. Screw it, they should have okay. been the Polars. Like I'm yeah. I'm a little weird up by by his name. I hope either a that was a a made up name that he he it was like Marv Weinstein or something right. like that. He was like make it right. Wolfenson, right. so that'll the yeah. Wolf, the Timberwolves or whatever. Or I, I, I am kind of worried that he was like, Wolf, that's a strong name. We should do something with wolves because my name. Sure. <sighs> a little worried about that. Maybe so. he maybe he was an actual wolf. So like a werewolf. Yeah, true, true. Then it's okay. Then it's fine. Yeah. So he and the other owner commissioned a brand new stadium for the wolves, the future target center. However, wasn't going to be ready in time for the wolves' first season. They play in the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, which had opened in April 1982, was the home of the Minnesota Twins and Minnesota Vikings. It's interesting that that uh, no one ever names their team Minneapolis. It's always Minnesota, and uh, you know, Indianapolis is the same problem. Although I guess it's the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. So yeah, never yeah. mind. Minneapolis only has that problem. I mean, it's a lot of syllables. <laughs> I get it, but you know, it's still it's like you know. Minneapolis doesn't get, and I guess they're St. Paul too. That's a little, like, all right, fair enough. (laughs) Twin Um, Cities and whatnot. They're like, ah. Yeah, Twin Cities and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just call it Minnesota then. Screw it. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, so to date, the Metrodome, only venue to have an MLB All-Star game, a Super Bowl, an NCAA Final Four, and a World Series, two of them, in fact. So, uh, yeah, and of course, yeah, this gave the, the Wolves a chance to have some huge crowds, just like the Pistons in the Silverdome. Eventually, they would break some all-time attendance records. We'll get on that in a little bit. Uh, the season started, hey, with the Bulls, they got 35,000 people to watch the new team take on Michael Jordan the Chicago Bulls. And Jordan scored um, 45 in that game, much like the future number that he would uh, have to 45. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was inspired. Uh, he was like, God, that time, I really did some yeah. good job against the Timberwolves. I should- right. Yeah, 45. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, And, and uh, three years later, he decided, yeah, I'm going to take that number. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Wolves, not a good team, as you would not expect no. a expansion team. Uh, the team leader in Tony in points per game was Tony Campbell, who had scored at 23.2 points per game that year. His previous high was 11, <laughs> and it scored 6.2 points per game the prior year for the Lakers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they're just uh, being a guy who could score on an expansion team was um, most of that. So That's a cool role. Uh, yeah. I would love to be that. That sounds awesome yeah. to oh, be like, hey, yeah. look, you yeah. are kind of a journeyman. You're not that good. 
uh, you want to like score the basketball all the time for yeah. us because we're going to be bad? It's like, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take a lot of shots. It's hey, someone's got to take the shots. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, um, yeah, the Wolves 22 and 60 that year, but Hey, they made a few huge numbers along the way. They had the seventh and fourth highest attended games ever. The seventh highest attended was the Wolves versus Magic from eighteen from April thirteenth, nineteen ninety, forty five thousand. This is pre Shaq and pre Penny, so yeah. Why everyone's interested in the Magic outside of the Magic having been the other expansion team that year? Not sure, but um, you know, sort of interesting. Uh, and then four days later was uh, the Timberwolves against the Nuggets. Another bit of a strange one: forty nine thousand five hundred fifty one. Pretty random to be a record setter. Uh, you know, it's the it's right at the end of the year. The Nuggets were forty one and thirty eight, so they were okay. But you know, didn't really have. I mean, they got Fat Lever, they got Michael Adams, they got Alex English, they got Joe Barry Carroll, but eh, none of those guys are really um, stars. And of course, the Wolves are just at the you know, twenty two win roster. So um, it was the last home game of the year, and I, I think the Wolves they really had a big incentive to get um, over a million people in the stadium for the entire season. So they basically did everything they could to pack the place. Yeah, and yeah, it we did a, a yeah. big campaign, yeah. a big deal, big. We got to get here. We got to get the attendance. We're we're we're, we're going for the million. We're we're going to do it, and it worked. They end the season with one million, just over one million. I'm not going to read the whole number because that'd be a, right. annoying to listen to somebody read right. a whole number. Right. But they got there. They they did it. Uh, it was the final uh, game of the entire regular season. It was against April 17th, 1990, uh, against the Denver Nuggets, and they did it. They right. got to a million. They lose that game, 99 to uh, Tyrone yeah. Corbin played all 48 minutes. <laughs> no rest yeah. for the weary for uh, Tyrone Corbin. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Uh, led the team with 25 Give points. Give those no yeah. No, no, no. Tony Campbell, the aforementioned Tony Campbell, played a, a, a paltry 45 minutes. A, a load management ah. uh, in Tony Campbell's yeah. day there. <laughs> Chipped in 16 points exactly. as well. Uh, right. and future yeah. Timberwolves coach, uh, Sam Mitchell. He had 15 points. So there you go. They got to uh, got to a million. So uh, so good for them. Yeah, good good for uh, old Wolfie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they, they of course uh, Wolfenstein would uh, would sell the team to uh, to of course one of the big owners in um, NBA history. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? But you know who I'm talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, owner for um, ever. Um, Glenn, oh. right? Isn't that, uh, uh, not Glenn Campbell because Glenn Campbell is Glenn Taylor. A, Glenn, Taylor. Uh, Glenn Taylor. Thank you, Glenn, Glenn Taylor. I I only got four hours of sleep last night, people. So I. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of Glenn Campbell. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure you know. I'm, I'm sure Glenn Campbell like invested like in an ABA team, like for like he was like one of fifty guys to invest. In oh, an with, ABA those team or yeah, had, with those sideburns, those sideburns for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He put money right. into an ABA team for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So, all right. The uh, <laughs> so number one. Tell me about number one. Let's do it. It is the Hawks yeah. in the Georgia Dome. Number one uh, most attended game ever, Chicago Bulls versus Atlanta Hawks, March 27th, 1998. 62,046 uh, show up for that game. So now Hawks played the 1998 season in the Georgia Dome as well as the Alexander Memorial Coliseum, which is Georgia Tech's basketball stadium, uh, while they waited for their brand-new stadium, the Phillips Arena, to be constructed. So the massive venue combined with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls' last dance culminated in this record-setting game. It's like, hey, look, we're, we're you know, we're here, we're in Atlanta, we're, yeah. we're, we're in the, we got yeah. the Georgia Dome. Let's take these curtains sure. down and let's see what we can do here. And 62,046 show up uh, to, to this game here. These uh, teams also have the sixth 
highest uh, attended game ever uh, as well, November 7th, 1997. This was Jordan's return. So um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, we'll we'll get to the Jordan's return thing in a little bit with the United Center. But yeah, they they had the sixth highest attendance in 97. And then here in 1998, they had the number one attended game because Michael Jordan was a draw and uh, people wanted to see Michael Jordan. Uh, And Atlanta Hawks had the George Dome and we're like, screw it. Let's do it. Let's sell as many tickets as we possibly can. And uh, and they sit on top. At 62,046, and that is what the San Antonio Spurs are looking to be. They're trying to get to 65,000. We'll see if they can do it. Will they be the new number one? We'll find out uh, We'll find out on Friday. Sure, sure. Yeah, 89-74, real barn burner there. That's uh, a, a score. 1998 that, uh, basketball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the good old no. days, as some people will tell you. <laughs> the good old you. taste. Yeah, <laughs> some people the will tell taste. you that was basketball when it was played well. And I, uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, I mean, you know, it had its merits. There's good, there's good and bad. There's good and bad, for yeah, sure. Yeah, good and bad. Um, yes, so um, – and yeah, they they also had the sixth highest attendance ever in uh, in nineteen ninety seven. So, uh, two of the top six ten games were for the Atlanta Hawks uh, this season. And the Hawks were good too. I mean, they were you know um, you know they at this point were forty one and twenty eight. They uh, were a contender among the teams who weren't the Bulls for the East, but obviously uh, <laughs> were nowhere in the uh, Bulls company as they were going for the three peat. Um, and he's talked about yeah Jordan's return. Um, Thanks to the United Center, which opened in 1994 with the NBA's highest capacity, a distinction it still has today, the 96 Chicago Bulls have the highest average attendance in NBA history, 26,638 at each game that year, a total of 969,149, which narrowly edges out the 1990 Wolves and the 90 uh, the 88 Pistons for the highest um, uh, total um, per game. Uh, fourth and fifth belong in the 1996 and 97 Charlotte Hornets, um, who averaged 24,000, um, which was the capacity in the Charlotte Coliseum. In fact, the Hornets have tw- 10 of the top 20 attendances of all time. It's crazy how, like, how like the Hornets were so celebrated in that market and were such like through the early nineties were like a team that was like very much like a culturally relevant, you know, with the uniforms and stuff. And I guess probably most with kids and I was a, a kid, then you were a very young kid then. Um, but that, but that was a franchise that oh, really had, did like have cultural relevance. For I a while. grew up with all, like a ton of Hornets merchandise, like a ton yeah, of Hornets yeah. merchandise, like going back and looking at some of the old clothes that I still have in my, my, my parents' house. Like I have like four or five Charlotte Hornets shirts. It's like anytime you could get your hands on, on the teal and the purple. I mean, they, they, they they hit the zeitgeist perfectly for the early nineties. They just nailed it with, you know, their ability to be able to say, Hey, this, we're going to make colors that we think are going to be relevant and, 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 and fit what, you know, fans want at this time. A lot of other charter franchises obviously aren't able to kind of say, Hey, you know, nowadays teams will just change everything and, and go crazy. But in those days it was a little more difficult to change your colors. So nobody else could really pounce on it where the Hornets were like, yeah, dude, purple and teal is, is that's going to be the colors of the nineties. And they guessed right. And everybody bought everything that they could possibly buy with Charlotte Hornets, starter jackets and shirts and hats and all that sort of stuff. And they were yeah. phenomenon. And then, yeah, like you said, they were just, one of the best attended. I mean, they had a, a a streak. I forget what it was. It was just an insane number of 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 consecutive sellouts and just yeah. like we we yeah. pointed out there, just great attendance seasons of all time. And then it all in like a year and a half went away, and they were gone in like three years. It, it's right. stunning what happened to the Charlotte Hornets. And now today, like they're back, but no, I mean nothing like it, like it, it, a phenomenon yeah. like they were in the, I mean, that's completely gone. Yeah, they're, they're Nobody, cares. Team, Nobody yeah, cares. Right. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Unfortunately they don't really have any, yeah. Uh, cultural relevant. I mean, there's Lamelo fans, but it's not, it's a very thin, you know, I mean, if they get good, you know, then I could see 
them kind of being a, a cache team again, but nothing like they were in the early nineties. So I don't think that's, that's very, very unlikely to happen, but all right. So yeah, only two teams, the 88 Pistons, the 1990 Timberwolves have boasted over a million in yearly attendance, of course, thanks to playing in the massive non basketball, um, Stadiums. The uh, Pistons have the all-time record about about forty thousand more total fans than the Wolves had. Both of them again over a million. And then yeah, decade by decade. So looking at the highest um, total attendance for a season, the sixties, the nineteen sixty-nine New York Knicks at five hundred sixty-nine thousand fan. The 73 Knicks improved that to 790,000. In fact, they have six of the top 10 for that decade. Of course, especially in the early uh, 70s, the Knicks were one of the cachet teams in the NBA. And of course, New York always is going to have support for the team. Uh, And then the 80s, of course, the 88 Detroit Pistons, who we already talked about, were over a million. The 90s, of course, the 1990 Minnesota Timberwolves, over a million as well. And then, yeah, the 2000s. 2001 San Antonio Spurs, um, 913,000. So within, you know, shouting distance of that $1 million mark, of course, playing in the Alamo Dome and, you know, having some big games and, you know, being um, one of the better teams in the league, is that's all going to help. Absolutely, absolutely. And I do want to thank uh, APBR.org uh, for the attendances uh, uh, for here, uh, the APBR.org yes. slash yeah. attendance.html uh, is where we got all that stuff. And it, 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 a huge resource, an invaluable resource for us for what we do here uh, uh, with yeah. over and back. But I didn't do the 2010s because I don't know. It didn't feel as fun. I like that. Yeah, you know, we're, we're whatever. Yeah, that seems it seems too close. I mean, it's not. <laughs> we're getting older, and we at some point yeah. in this podcast have to start talking about the 2010s or whatever because it's going to be yeah. uh, a, a right. thing. But uh, I just ended at the 2000s. I just thought that was yeah. A good, well, we'll a good look it up yourself. That's uh, you know, I, the, I, we're all adults here. You can uh, you can go to ABR <laughs> right, right. um, and look it up or you know figure it out. You know, tell us. I, I'd like to know. So, all right, uh, highest average, the uh, 60s, of course, the 1969 Knicks at 15,000. That went up to 1973 to 19,000. Uh, the 88 Pistons, 26,000. The 96 Chicago Bulls, 26,638, as we mentioned, has the all-time record. The 2001 Spurs, 22,273. There's a couple very, very close to the 2007 Bulls, and Two thousand bulls, which is yeah. hard to imagine uh, still being true. Both right behind the bulls. And I'm guessing the two thousand bull. I'm, I'm guessing if you looked at the number of fans who were actually in the stands, it probably doesn't <laughs> probably match less. The, you know, the attendance was, but yeah, yeah. Well, there was this weird thing that was. Yeah, I, I I went to a few games that year, and yes, I can attest that uh, the upper deck was uh, pretty sparse at, at times. But there was definitely a a weird thing where people just gobbled up bulls tickets as quick as they could for years and years and years and years. Cause obviously Michael Jordan was there. So it was like anytime, like I went to one game as a kid, like, and that was cause my uncle worked at the United center and I don't know how he did it. It was probably some shady thing. He might've stolen the tickets. I don't know. I don't care. Cause I went to go see uh, the Utah jazz versus the Chicago bulls in the United center in the peak of Jordan. And that was like an incredible. And then let's tell you, there was not an empty seat that day, but then it became a thing where it was like a, still a hot ticket. But they were horrible, and I don't know if it was just people didn't know that they were that bad or didn't care. It was just like, I got to go to a Bulls game. People go to Bulls games, uh, and that started to wear yeah. out a little bit. But they've always had really, really good attendance pretty much since the days of Jordan. Sure. But, yeah, there's this weird period in like the t- like the very early 2000s where they're just a horrific team, but the numbers are, are, are still really, really good. And it's probably just, yeah, it's probably just you know people buying tickets, maybe season ticket renewals or something like that. Who knows what it was? But, yeah, the, the 2000s Bulls uh, definitely stick out as a oddity there. Uh, the 2007 Bulls were a good team, a good playoff team or whatever. But, yeah, the 2000 Bulls, uh, definitely a, a weird one. So, 
All right. We have talked about the good, Jason. It's right. time for the bad. All right. So these are harder to find. These are much harder to find because guess right. what? Uh, teams don't usually send out press releases or like to brag when they have very low attendances. You know, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets who had 4,000 people come to their game. So it's a little harder to find. Uh, a little harder to find. Uh, thanks to some work from Negative Dunk Electics, which is a, a, a great account on Twitter, a great website as well. Uh, we do have yep. some contenders. Some contenders. Though. And again, this is not a complete list. I don't know the official word. It is if you can find it, I would love to see it. But like I said, it is very difficult to find because, again, people don't really catalog it. And then there's also the issue, like you said, where, um, you know, they sell more tickets. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's games where they said 10,000 and there's like 2000 people there or whatever, you, you know. But we we have some pretty good ones. We have some pretty good ones. Uh, one that everybody seems to agree is the worst in record is the San Francisco Warriors versus the Detroit Pistons. March 4th, 1965. The attendance is listed at 741. <laughs> and that's tickets sold. I would love to see what it looks like on that. Like that that is that's not great. <laughs> 741 uh, 7, 000, uh 741 people showing up. Uh that's uh not great uh for this Warriors Pistons game here. But uh good news. Um the San Francisco Warriors won, so there you go. They, they beat the Detroit Pistons one fifteen to one ten. But uh, yeah, not a, uh, people did not want to see Dave DeBusher and, and and Rod Thorne battle Al Adels and, and Nate Thurman uh, in uh, in nineteen sixty five. But uh, some other horribly attendance oh. games as well. Real quickly, um, San Francisco Warriors. Jeez, Christ! <laughs> First, the Baltimore Bullets, uh, oh. December first, nineteen sixty four, one thousand nine hundred and twenty nine. Uh, show up for that game, and then the wor- uh, the worst duo ever. Just never have these teams play each other. The Detroit Pistons right. versus the San Francisco Warriors, November twenty second, nineteen sixty four, uh, one thousand four hundred and twenty nine. Man, nobody wanted to see the San Francisco Warriors for a while there. No, that w- that was definitely not a. Well, they were you know they were really bad. Okay, Wilt played in the in one of the games against the Bullets. Uh, he actually had fifty. 50- Six points and twenty nine rebounds. Like it looks like it was a like a double overtime thriller. It looks yeah. like it was hell of a game. Go to that game. Um, and yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm then, sure they're, they're, yeah. boy, those people's faces looked red when they you know picked up their morning paper and <laughs> said, "Oh my there. god." <laughs> and, and Wilt had uh, he had fifty points and forty rebounds in the other game. So um, <laughs> you, you idiots, so, you could have yeah. watched greatness. You yeah. could have watched greatness, and you chose to not. Oh my god, unbelievable. Yeah, right. So not ideal. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Pistons. We talked about the Pistons in the best. Well, they got a lot of the worst games too. A lot of the worst ones here. Uh, 1963 Philadelphia 76ers, uh, versus Detroit Pistons. Uh, the announced attendance on all the box scores and the press reports was a thousand, but a very nice, neat 1000, uh, probably a roundup and probably a very generous roundup for the, uh, December 27th, 1963, uh, two days after Christmas, <laughs> that's pr- 1963 yeah. NBA, probably a pretty sparsely attended game, I would imagine. So, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe nobody understood what a 76er was yet, you know. So, maybe that was the problem. Uh, and then the as, one that we, as they, of course, yeah, they, of course, they had just moved from Syracuse, <laughs> right? So. Right, right, very, very confused. Yeah, okay. All right, <laughs> you, you seem like you didn't understand my joke. So. <laughs> I got it, that uh, <laughs> it took me a right. second, and I apologize. All right, fair it took me as okay, long hopefully as it the did. Listeners got it. That's all right. That's okay. I, uh, <laughs> we got to keep the flow going, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then March okay. 4th. Right. We mentioned this one as well with Detroit. Again, uh, this yeah. game was in yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, again, 741 announced attendance uh, for this game. Uh, San Francisco Warriors, Detroit Pistons, March 4th. 
1965, as we mentioned. So uh, again, not a not a great uh, attendance there, but uh, you know, hey. yeah, yeah. Uh, what could you? Hey, we have an, we have an a, a special ABA bonus for only in the uh, ABA. Oh. Uh, yeah, your Houston Mavericks. Um, their average home attendance in the um, in uh, in February 1969, 378 huh. people uh, per game. <laughs> March and April, it dipped to 333 fans per contest. In their last game in Houston, uh, the opponent was the New York Nets, and the announced attendance was 89. Oh, so just why could you even play? I feel like I would just be like, Nah, man, we're we're good. This is. That's yeah. 89 people. That's rough. Yes. So the, 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 by the way, the Houston Mavericks became the Carolina Cougars who of course then became the spirits of St. Louis. So, um, so this nonsense uh, did bring us Marvin Barnes. So. Which is great. something. Yeah. Good. It was not, it was good, not yeah, bad was news. Good, good news. Yeah. Only good news. Yeah. coming <laughs> from, from Only that, so. good news from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, other, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say a, a few quick uh, ones here. Uh, cavernous. This isn't a bad attendance, but uh, cavernous is the best way to describe it. New Orleans Jazz versus the New Jersey Nets, November 21st, 1978. Uh, the attendance was 6,177. Not bad, right? Uh, they were playing right. in the Superdome, which is a very big building. So 6,000 people in the Superdome yeah. uh, to watch basketball. That is very cavernous, very echoey, very loud, I imagine. But uh, yeah, that's why the New Orleans Jazz didn't uh, didn't hang around too long. People were not that excited about watching the Jazz in New Orleans. So yeah, this this game, uh, one of the worst attendances or the worst attendance for the New Orleans Jazz. Uh, but yeah, 6,177 playing in the Superdome. So uh, not great. And then lastly, the 1969 Nets. Not nice at all, Jason. Not nice at no, all. No, no. Uh, because nice in 39 home games, the hapless Nets, Nets average only 1,108 fans at their games for a yearly total, a yearly total of 43,195. A yearly total of 43,000 people attended yeah. games to watch the 1969 Nets. That's not good. Yeah. Not, not great. No, yes. And in fact, if you look at the uh, the lowest totals um, for, per decade, the 60s, the 69 Nets, of course, as, as you already mentioned, 43,000. 1970s, the 71 Royals, and they're second to last year in Cincinnati, 131,000. Uh, the 83 San Diego Clippers, 158,000. Uh, yeah, no wonder they weren't uh, sticking around in uh, San Diego. But hey, things hey. not that much better in uh, <laughs> in uh, the 90s. Donald Sterling still owns them, so it's they're still uh, a horrific uh, franchise. Course, yeah. <laughs> now, now with total attendance, obviously it's going to be lower because of uh, you know, fewer games, but still 256,000 for the 99 Clippers. And in 2000, yes, the uh, the the Charlotte Hornets. My how things change so quickly from having some of the best attendance ever to having the lowest attendance of the 2,462,000. Not great. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you get, if you, if you get to the averages, you got to the, uh, the 69 nets with just over a thousand, uh, <laughs> 1100 per game, the 1960 rows are the only other ABA or NBA team with less than 2000 per game. The 71 uh, Cavs uh, with uh, 35,000 uh, in 1971, 83 Clippers with with under 4,000, the uh, 97 Clippers with uh, with 9,772. Although certainly things are uh, looking up uh, if you if the, your worst attendance has like almost tripled uh, in the league, that kind of shows 
the difference between the 83 NBA and the 97 NBA, and then the 2002 Charlotte um, Hornets with 11,000 um, per game. So like, those numbers are like all like fine. You know, it's, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, 11,000 right, right, right. attending a basketball game is like totally reasonable number. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, and yeah. that was like the death knell for the Hornets. It's like, we're only getting 11,000 people. We must move this franchise. Right. They must leave. They have to go. Right. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, again, six of the top 10 of uh, the 90s are the Clippers, which is like a testament to just how fucking awful, uh, just how right. horrendous of a franchise they are. And also think about sure. this. It's 1997. It's the NBA. They're in Los Angeles, and they're getting less than 10,000 people at their game. But right. look at that team. I wouldn't go. <laughs> like If I was in Los Angeles no. with all the other things I could be doing, uh, including right. watching the Lakers, I'm probably not going to watch the Clippers. Uh, but still, sure. just, yeah. But it does speak to, like you're saying, the 1983 NBA, where they're lucky, they're they're not even at 4,000, and that's the worst. Whereas in 1997, they're just butting up right up against 10,000 per game, and that's like the worst. And, and and six of those top ten are all kind of in that range as well. Um, so yeah, a testament to the NBA's growth, but also a testament to uh, how awful the Clippers are. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I think we got through it. I think we did. So I, I as we were going, I wanted to uh, to quickly check because we're gonna. I'll just buy the tickets now while we're on the air, right? Because then. If oh, I do yeah, that, absolutely. like you can't back out, you know, <laughs> then, then it's in. We got to do oh. it. So, um, yeah, we're locking in. Uh, I'm actually just going to see if it's available. I don't think I can uh, back home in the dome. Let's see how many tickets are available. Just two. Anybody else right, coming? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. We get it. Well, if it's cheap enough, we'll get a third. We'll see if anybody wants to yeah. join us. Uh oh. Uh oh. No. I think they're going to have to do a. Uh oh. Yeah, they're gonna have to get some walk-ups going here. So, uh, these might be the, this might be a heavy resale market as well. But uh, yeah, you can you okay, can get a, a lot of tickets still available. A lot of tickets still available. That's all, all I'll right. say. All right, uh, we'll to see. the game. So, oh, these are all verified resale, verified resale, verified. Oh, okay. So these people are just trying to get a little bit of extra scratch here. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that's uh, okay. so. Uh, courtside, like where do you want to be for this game, or, or do oh, you want to be as God. high up in the rafters as possible? Ooh. Oh, that I think is it'd be kind of fun to be question. high up in the rafters, right? Just like stupid high away yeah, from we, the game. You can't see. We anything. could literally hang from the rafters. Yes. Rafters, you know, right, so, right. Let's do it. So yeah. Section 319. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. We got the back rows. Nope. Not two together. There you go. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. We got to figure out. Right. We got to be together. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go of course. Of course. Yeah, a yeah, lot of single right. tickets. So if you're a lonely man in San Antonio, <laughs> right. a lot of those tickets right. I'm seeing are like singles or, in a row or um, whatever. So yeah, lonely woman too. It's, right, you know. right, right, right. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Right. I would just hope yeah. that yeah, you'd have. Yeah. I mean, it feels like only lonely men would go to the Alamo Dome for a well. It's back fair. home yeah, in the dome. Point, All right, yeah. section three nineteen, row yeah. thirteen, seat six. Oh, ticket and shirt, forty nine bucks. You want the shirt, right? Back home in the dome shirt. Ooh, okay. You gotta yeah. get a back home All right, dome I want shirt. Come on. You gotta get a shirt. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, Absolutely. standard adult is fifty, but ticket plus shirt is forty nine. Who would not choose the shirt? Right. There that it is. is uh, that's a bad decision. Yeah. Back All home right. in the dome. So there we go. Three nineteen, row thirteen, seat six. Come pick me up uh, Thursday after work, and uh, we'll do it. So I don't all know right, if that that go. route doesn't make sense at all for you to come. Well, no. Uh, eh. Does yeah, it? Let's meet in Memphis. That's right. <laughs> let's meet right? in Memphis. Meet in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get some BBQ. <laughs> Get some BBQ. Get some barbecue, yeah. and then yeah. uh, we'll uh, meet in Memphis. We'll uh, we'll head down there. We could we could if we had time, maybe we'll be able to tour Sun Records. I recommend the Sun Records tour in Memphis if you're okay. there. So okay. Yeah. Well, for doing that, so, I got to go yeah. now. I think because I think we're running out of time to to, to oh, spend right. time in Memphis. But that's fine. I'm, I don't oh, need, who needs I a mean, job? Who needs just, a job? I, yeah. I mean, like an hour. You know, like an hour in Memphis just to you know, tour some records. Just you know, walk a little bit and then keep keep going. Yeah, you know, I think it's doable. 
So okay, I'm down. Hey, yeah. if, if that mom and I did it, you and I can do it. That's absolutely, awesome. absolutely. Yeah, I, this has All got right. me thinking. You know, we got to get the, we got to end the show because I'm I'm starting to think how not implausible this entire situation is and we just need to end it because it is i need to go to work i have things i right. have to do but god i would i don't know we'll see right. we'll see i'm i'm, I'm okay I might, I might check a flight or two later maybe, maybe we'll in indianapolis at some point you know, that's <laughs> okay more, fine that's more realistic you know so all right yeah come on right. pacers right, come on the pacers versus kings yeah. the tyrese halliburton versus sure. the bonus matchup yeah, yeah. let's yeah, let's get a dome. You know, let's use the Hoosier Dome or whatever the uh, it's whatever not that. The Hoosier dome. What, whatever. It's the Lucas <laughs> Oil <laughs> Stadium, sir. Okay, all right. I, I, I'm sorry for disrespecting the <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadium. So, yeah, well, let's the, put a Pacers game there. We'll meet there. It'll be great. You know, home of WrestleMania nine, the Hoosier Dome. Oh, that, absolutely. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight. Uh, under, I said nine, eight. eight oh eight. my god. Yeah, yeah, underrated, underrated WrestleMania, in my opinion. Ooh, so, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Bold. It's a bold take, yeah. but I like it. I, I mean, you you got Bret Hart and Roddy Piper, which is an awesome match. match. I mean, you have a very different Slayer Savage match, and like outside of the main event, like everything else is like kind of fun and watchable. It's I mean, quick, nothing, yeah, like, quick terrible. and solid. Well, yeah, Tatanka, and, and, and Tatanka, Tatanka, Shawn Michaels, or not? Uh, not yeah. that, no, that was no, nine. Um, um, Sean and Tito. Sean yeah, and Tito Sean, was eight. Yeah, Sean and Tito. That's a nice match. Yeah, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah, eight's definitely. You know. I, I think it's like in terms of like yeah great matches overall not the best but in terms of like watchability outside of Hogan Sid it's um, everything Quick. is is pretty watchable and you, you get Warrior at the end to you know it's, it's kind of like a fun surprise at the end of it yeah kind and, of pa- and Papa Shango thing. and Papa Shango too so. <laughs> who doesn't love <laughs> Papa Shango in a WrestleMania main event yeah <laughs> right that's yeah, yeah. The role he it's the role he was born to play yeah so it was yes. come out and interfere in the main event of WrestleMania anyway, yeah why all not right. all right. Yeah, make the warrior throw up. That was later. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so before our listeners start to uh, throw up, I think we should wrap up the show. Hopefully, uh, everyone enjoyed uh, listening to uh, the show. It was fun. Yeah, it's a fun uh, random talk. I, you know, I'm, I'll be honest, Rich. I did not have high expectations for uh, the show, but I think it turned out to be fun and enjoyable and nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, so, I, had a, I had a blast. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. Like Oddities like this, I love. Uh, I think yeah. it's really, really cool the Spurs are doing this. And and I really do hope, I really do hope uh, th- they're able to break the attendance. Because that, that's just cool. Oddities, I, more oddities, more yeah. fun stuff is, is yeah. uh, we need more of that. And and there this is go. really cool that they're doing that. And I think they're going to wear their old jerseys, like those cool. Because they have those, oh, like, yeah. uh, I don't know if... I, I don't know if they're city or statement or I don't know the difference right. between all those. I'm too old right. to possibly know, but they they have those teal jerseys. They're going to wear the logo is like oh, done okay. in the old San Antonio Spurs logo. Like the, I'm sure okay. they're going to have that pink, you know, the pink and, and teal court. Like I'm all for it, right. man. That, that's, that's cool stuff. Oh, and, and, that'll be fun. and yeah. it honors like the Spurs who have a great legacy, have a really, really, really cool legacy a, 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 as a franchise. So, um, yeah, would be kind of cooler with Steph Curry there, but I mean now it increases the chances of the Spurs actually winning. So yeah, uh, that, that'd be that, that, that's fun. But uh, no, I like it. Yeah. It's cool, and 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 uh, yeah, we'll see if they break the all-time attendance record. We'll uh, yeah. For one night, you and I can be Sean Elliott respecters and enjoy the Spurs. So. <laughs> well, hey, speak for yourself. One night. Right. One night. <laughs> one night. Sean well, I mean, oh, you know, at least one night, you know, starting up one night. So. What's your uh, What's your take on Vinny Del Negro? Because don't. Uh, Ooh, what is <laughs> um. Vinny Donegro was like a fine basketball player to watch. Um, not not a good coach. Uh, hey, <laughs> so, I mean, my Vinny Donegro take. What, what's yours? Is yours uh, uh, yeah, not a great coach. Yeah, I watched him coach the Bulls. Not great. Uh, love the yeah, hair though. No. Great hair. All time great hair. Oh, great hair. For sure. Oh, for yeah, wonderful. Sure. All time great yes. hair. Yes. But... Yeah, handsome man. Handsome man for sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. 
my my buddy once sent me a picture. He met him in an airport. And it was just like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, look who I'm gonna, I, I just met somebody awesome. And I'm like, all right, cool. And it's like him and Vinny Del- I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why'd you stop Vinny Dalbega in an airport? Like, don't do that. Yeah. Who is the most famous person you've uh, you've seen or met in an airport? Uh, in an airport, I I don't think I've yeah. ever met anybody in an airport. Now that I think about it, uh, I once okay. got an, uh, on an elevator with Ben Wallace. That was cool. But um, oh, yeah. I, that, I I think I've told the story, but I've I've been on. I was on an elevator as a kid with Jim Jackson. There we go, Jimmy Jackson. Yeah. In Boston, yeah, right after he joined the Mavericks, so. <laughs> calling Tony Braxton. <laughs> so where was Tony uh, Braxton? I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Well, yeah, because I was a big Ohio State fan. Oh, at the I'm time, sure. So yeah, you, you had to be, the, uh, yeah, you had to be uh, yeah. as the, as the wrestling fans would say, marking out at uh, Jimmy oh, Jackson I was, in the flesh. I was yeah. very much marking out, and I was, you know, I just gone swimming. I was in a hotel, so I was like in a towel, and like my hair was wet, and like I'm, you know, this awkward teenager, like, uh, hey, you're, you're Jimmy Jackson, aren't you? You know, so that was, like, that was yes. cool. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. yeah, I did not talk to Ben Wallace. Um, yeah, I was later chastised by the person I was with for not talking to Ben Wallace. I'm like, what am I going to talk to Ben Wallace about? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. This was uh, Ben Wallace in uh, his second. Piston stint, like the late right. piston yeah. stint, which was not great. Uh, Way to ruin my team. That was yeah. Uh, that and was he had just recently been a bowl, yeah. and that didn't go great. So I just, um, right. yeah, I just, I just, just yeah. Well, I, no, um, ben Wallace well, didn't say anything, and they got out and was like, "How's oh, Ben Wallace? That's cool." <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, I met uh, Carlito, the wrestler, in uh, in an airport. So, there it is. Yes, you got good uh, airport stories. Yeah. You got good airports. I, I, I do have a, I do have a good airport I'm story. I'm usually um, just so miserable that I don't really pay attention to who's around me. I just want to be gone I, as quick as possible. I, so Yeah, I, I don't generally um either, but but Carlito, you know, with the hair, he's yeah, pretty, uh, and the apple he's spitting uh, apples at everybody. It was it was obvious. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> there's a lot of apple spitting. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Wow, we, we may have uh, done a wrestling um like a record for wrestling references. This in, is uh, we're in out of show. control here. So. Well it's a it's a show about <laughs> attendances in domes. It's like, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. The topic's gonna come up. Yeah. So what's your uh what's your sleeper wrestlemania? I know we keep saying we're gonna end the show, but I mean people can <laughs> leave cool. whatever yeah, they want to. You know? My yeah. sleeper wrestlemania. Um yeah. I ooh, 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 ooh. I, I think I have mm, 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 mm. I really like I really like WrestleMania seven. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that's Savage and, and, and Warriors awesome. Yeah. And I, I think Slaughter and Hogan's better than it gets credit for. I, I, I agree with that. I believe I had that take on Russell Spective back in the, uh, the day. So there it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Modern ones. I don't know what people would consider like a sleeper for like, I think WrestleMania 22 is really good, but I think everybody kind of thinks that one's really good too. Okay. Uh, what was the main event of that one? That it's one I, is, I believe it was Triple H and John Cena was the main event. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not attend okay. it because I'm an idiot and I had an opportunity okay. to and I was like, yeah, it's all right. I don't want to go. And then I was yeah. like. No, that that one is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if that's considered a sleeper. I think everybody thinks that one is really good. But. Okay. In case. I, yeah, I think seven. I, I think seven's my sleeper. Yeah. I'm an, I'm a noted apologist for WrestleMania 2. So, oh, that's which, wrong. No, you're wrong. Well, I mean, you've got your team <laughs> Bulldogs, which is a really nice, no, it's a really great. fun tag match. I think Hogan, uh, Hogan Bundy is like totally fine. It's got good energy. Um, you know, you got like just like random ass, like crazy stuff. You know, you've got a lot of like fun names. Yeah, there's some, there's definitely some bad stuff on there. You know, there's nothing that's great on it. Uh, but I, well, both tag matches are, are pretty good. The, I think the, um, the Funks and JYD and Santana is a nice match too. 
Yeah, that, that is. Yeah, no, it, it's just it's a clunky WrestleMania because they're going all the different right. places and doing all this sort of stuff. Right. And it's so overloaded with celebrities. They're like, well, it, yeah. Mr. T is the reason WrestleMania one was a success. So let's get Elvira yes. and Mary Hart. Sure. And all. it's like, all right, yeah. we don't need like 20 celebrities. Just it's, get a couple good a ones. Gr- so. Yeah, it's it's a great cascade of like 80 stuff, though. Right. Like it's not a lot of re- Yeah. There's not a lot of great repeat watching to it, but like just to like see like I'm gonna like just come see completely random stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you for sure. I, I think WrestleMania okay. 10 is pretty solid too, but I, I also think oh yeah, probably, probably think that's good too. But um, well, yeah, I guess yeah, that, that's not a sleeper. That, that's a bad sleeper because I think everybody knows that one's good. Okay, fair enough. Um, are you are you not a WrestleMania nine apologist? Are you? Uh no, no, no. I uh, I, I bought that VHS as a kid for some reason. I don't know why. It was just like, right. whoa, outdoors WrestleMania. <laughs> this is gonna yeah. be awesome. And uh, it was not. It was not awesome at any point. Was it awesome? Are, uh, are you a WrestleMania eleven apologist or are you? Uh, uh no, that mania kind of stinks too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Pretty Tell much. Everything. Jacob and Eli Blue to hit the bricks. I got no time for him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> would, <laughs> no, I that mania stinks. Yeah. That, yeah. That okay. Sucks. All right. Then I think we're pretty much uh, we're I think we're pretty much on the same track. They had a bad run for a while. You know what? Thirteen is is does not get enough love. Thirteen. I mean, obviously you have, you have Brett and 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 Austin. I did go to that mania. Yeah, I wasn't that big oh. a wrestling fan at that time. Uh, when it was over, right. I didn't really give a shit about Bret Hart and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin as a kid. I was like, eh, eh, good little match. My match was the Chicago Street Fight, baby. LOD versus the Nation of Domination. That was my match. You know, I haven't seen that in a long time, but that I remember that being rocks. a pretty fun match. That match yeah, rules. Okay. Yeah, go back and I'm gonna have it. to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Um, it's even take, better uh, now as a look an adult. At as an ad- it's just okay. chaos, and it's awesome. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. How uh, is Owen Bulldog, Mankind Vader, any good? Is, no, there's that, no, uh, not really, no. Okay, all right, yeah. So, yeah, two-match show. Yeah, then, yeah, nothing else really was all that good, as I recall, in the show. But, yeah, the obviously, Bret Hart and Steve Austin might be the greatest match in WWE history. And then, yeah, that Chicago Street fight's fun, too. So, all right. This has been a special <laughs> bonus edition of We Talk Wrestling. So Yes, yeah, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Right. That's the website I uh, help run. And uh, Jason uh, used those WrestleSpective for many, many, many years. So there you go. Plugs. I, I did. They, all the uh, all the old episodes of WrestleSpective are still somewhere online. So if you want to Google it, it's, uh, it's there. So, um, yeah. Well, anyway, this is we're also done with Over and Back, which is a basketball podcast yes. that we host uh, about basketball history. And uh, hopefully people uh, enjoyed this episode and uh, our – at least some of our uh, immense diversions. Uh, thanks uh, everyone for checking us out. Um, you can find us at the step back at fansided.com. You can find our show on the various podcast platforms. We would greatly appreciate a rating and review. And we are on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook and we are on Instagram at over and back NBA. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back again soon.